Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Allen. We're glad that you're here or watching online. We're finishing up a series we've been doing for a few weeks called Ever Wonder Why. We tackle some tough questions like, why doesn't God answer my prayers the way I want, etc. Today's topic is, why don't I feel God's presence? So I'm going to ask you some questions to begin with. First one is, how many of you have felt God's presence sometime in your life? All right. Sometime. All right. Some of you have, some of you haven't. That's fine. There's no right or wrong answer. How many of you actually felt God's presence today? All right. We got one. All right. <laughs> so here's the question. Follow-up question. How do you know you felt God's presence, whether it was sometime in the past or today? How do you know? Um, some, one pastor calls it a quiver in your liver. Is that why you know how you know? You know, I got butterflies while uh, the music was going on. That was, that was God. Uh, sometimes it's a, an overwhelming sense of peace when, you know, life's falling apart. It's crazy outside. Or sometimes it's a sense of such joy that you, you weep or cry. Uh, so it's hard to put a label on uh, what it is. But most of us would say, well, I felt God's presence, whatever that meant to you or me. But here's the follow-up question to that, though. Whose fault is it when you don't feel God's presence? Whose fault is it? Says God just got mad at you and said, okay, I'm not going to let them know that I'm around anymore. Is it his fault? Uh, probably not. Um, I know whose fault it was. It was the worship leader's fault. She didn't even hear me to make fun because she didn't sing the right songs today or the person, I guess Jared, he picks out the songs. He didn't pick out songs that God used to speak to me today. So it's his fault. Or maybe, and that's where we're going to dwell today. Maybe it's my fault. Now, I don't think we all, any of us feel God's presence all the time. I don't think that's a need or desire. We'll talk about that also. So, if you don't feel God's presence, the question is, is he still there? All right? Um, sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and I'll, I'll reach over and my wife's not there. <laughs> I can't feel her presence, right? She's gotten up before me. Not very often, but, but it, that it's happened. So, does it mean that per, God's not there when you don't feel his presence? So, maybe you can relate to either one or both of these psalmists that we're going to read. Um, the first one talks about how, how um, powerful God's presence is in his life. This is in Psalm 16. <clears throat> Can we bring that up, please? There we go. I know the Lord is always with me. No shadow, shadow, shadow of a doubt. I will not be shaken. He is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad. And I rejoice. My body rests in safety. I have a sense of peace and safety. A sense of security. All right, so could be the same psalmist. Maybe it could be David that said that. So at times, we feel that way, right? At other times, we may feel like this. Oh, Lord, I cry out to you. I keep on pleading day by day. Oh, Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? Why can't I sense your presence? Why do I feel like my prayers don't get past the ceiling? So this could be David. David actually had a roller coaster relationship with God going from uh, killing Goliath, that spiritual high there, to uh, when Saul was trying to kill him. He's running, out, running around in the desert. 
Of course, the most dynamic example, of course, is Jesus Christ. Him and God were like this, right? All through his life, they were int intimately connected. And then he suffered and died on a cross for us. And his last words on the cross were something like, God, where have you gone? I can't sense your presence. And theologically, we understand that because God can't look on sin and Jesus took all our sins on him so we could have salvation. So he even didn't always feel God's presence. So I'm going to talk to you about three possibilities of why you and I aren't feeling God's presence. First one is this. Maybe, just maybe, you and I are over-sensationalizing God's presence or how we interpret it. If I don't feel that quiver in my liver, God's not present. Maybe we're, you know, it, it, we, we need to f really sense it in a, in a powerful way. Um, <clears throat> Jesus had done some miracles. He'd fed 5,000 people. And the people came to him and say, hey, uh, <laughs> how do we do that? And he said, all you need to do is believe. And they said, no, 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 we don't want to just believe. Here's what they said, and this is in Matthew, in John chapter 6. They answered, show us a miraculous sign. He'd already done some, but we, you know, for us to believe, we've got to have this miraculous sign for us to believe in you. So what can you do? <laughs> when they asked, we want to do God's work, he said, just believe. And they said, no, 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 that's not enough. We, we need miraculous signs. We need physical proof, visual proof. Um, we all probably do this at times. We want a sign from God about doing the right thing. Maybe it's uh, uh, you're trying to decide whether to date this person or not, and you say, well, what if I, if I call her, in my case, a her, if I called her and she di I didn't go to voicemail, that's a sign from you, God, that I'm supposed to date her. If it goes to voicemail, well, maybe not. Or maybe it's at your workplace. You're saying, well, I really don't know if I should stay here it's a good job for me. I'm not really enjoying it too much. Uh, if the boss comes in and says, hey, you're doing a great job. I'm going to be a raise. Then I'll stay. But if he doesn't, then I'm going to look for something else. So we look for these, these signs. I, I, I remember a crazy one from when I was a teenager. I don't think my wife... Yeah, I've ever tell you this story before? No. Okay. Uh, this is before I met my wife. And as a teenager, older teenager, uh, yeah, interesting girls, right? So... I don't remember the details. It was some connection with, with a girl. But I'm six foot tall, and I can reach about eight feet. And we had a basketball rim in our yard. And I, I, I put God on the spot. I said, if you let me touch the rim, then I will I don't know, call this girl, whatever it might be. I don't remember the detail there. So I tried, and I tried. To this day, I've never touched a rim, by the way. <laughs> I can't jump two feet, evidently. Anyway, uh, so I, I was looking for a sign, and, and it, it's, it's kind of natural, but it's kind of silly or crazy on the, the other hand. Then there are times when you think, I'm definitely going to feel God's presence. Uh, we just did a baptismal service. <clears throat> I know somebody in our church that said she came out of that water and felt that her, her life would be completely changed and she came out and, and nothing had changed. Uh, other people, you know, it's a, a very emotional. They really feel God's presence. As a pastor, one of the things that happens is we have an ordin called an ordination. And uh, so somebody's decided that, yeah, you should be, be a pastor. <clears throat> and so we're going to have this special service for you. 
And so somebody preaches a sermon, and then usually you kneel down, and some people get around you and put their hands on you and you pray for you. Now, it was a really cool experience. And uh, I even know the date it was. It was my mom's birthday in 1977, so it was December 11th. But um, did I feel God's presence? Not anything special. I've gone on retreats, and even going on spiritual retreats, you think, well, I'm really going to connect with God. I'm really going to feel his presence on a retreat. And I've gone on, on retreats that lasted for days. Yeah, they were nice. I enjoyed them, felt good, but there wasn't any special sense of God's presence. So sometimes we, we think we're going to feel him, and we're not. So are we just over-sensationalizing ordination or baptism or, or whatever it might be? So put on your outline. <clears throat> Feelings aren't the only evidence of God's presence. Thankfully. <laughs> if you always felt God, you wouldn't need faith, would you? In fact, let me ask you this. If, we, if you always did what your feelings told you, you and I might wind up in jail, right? I feel like uh, shoplifting, or I feel like driving 100 miles an hour, or I feel like breaking this law or that law. <clears throat> so as a pastor, I don't feel God's presence all the time. You think, well, pastors ought to feel it. No, I don't. <laughs> In fact, it's kind of rare for me to feel God's presence. But am I trying to over-sensationalize the fact that God's presence has got to be something uh, dr dramatic or miraculous or supernatural? Another reason maybe that we don't sense God's presence is maybe your heart's been hardened. Maybe your heart's become callous as we're going to read this verse. So Jesus taught some, was teaching some, uh, some parables, stories to try and explain spiritual things. Some people thought they were easy to understand. Other people said, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so the disciples asked Jesus, why do you speak in parables. And here was Jesus' response. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah. That was his Bible, his old, our Old Testament. When you hear what I say, you will not understand. Some people heard the parables, stories, they didn't understand. But you, when you see what I do, you will not comprehend. So here's the part, the next verse, the next two verses. Why? Why didn't they understand? Why didn't they feel it? Well, the hearts of these people are hardened. This word hardened is translated lots of different ways. It's translated hardened, calloused, uh, stubborn, full, uh, fat. It's translated lots of different way, ways. <clears throat> but when you have calluses, you don't have feeling there, right? Which is good because then you keep doing that work without getting your hands sore. Um, and they're ears cannot hear and they've closed their eyes their eyes cannot see and again their ears cannot hear now all i could think of when i read this was this when you're a kid or maybe as an adult you do this somebody's want to say something you don't want to hear it what do you do well la, 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 la. you know what you do well that's kind of what it's you know spiritually speaking people do that they close their ears they don't want to hear what god has to say their hearts can't understand and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them so we can become numb. I think of the word numb. Uh, what's that movie called? The Christmas Story, is it, with Al Ralphie? Is that the name of the movie? Most of you have seen that movie, I'm sure. At one point in the movie, they bundle him up so, so much he can't move. Remember that scene? And he's 
The point is he can't feel the cold, right? And so sin can do that to you and I. It can make us so that we're insensitive, that we can't feel God's presence. So I put it this way in your, in your outline. Is there some sin in your life you've gotten comfortable with? Either you've, you've just gotten defeated by it and you can't stop it, or you just kind of like it. Sin has an appeal, otherwise we wouldn't do it, right? So you kind of enjoy it. And so it's ongoing. You're not repentant. You're, and it will numb us to God's presence. Give you a couple examples of sins. You can pick your own, I guess. Uh, somebody's hurt you. Somebody's done something maybe mean to you. And so you're hurt. And you refuse to forgive them. Well, unforgiveness is a sin. And as long as you can, I can refuse to forgive that sin, we can become calloused, our hearts can be hardened, and we can't sense God's presence. Or maybe you can't enjoy other people's prosperity. And so other people have nicer houses, nicer cars, nicer spouses, nicer kids, whatever it might be, more money than us. And we become jealous of that. And jealousy is a heart, terrible sin. And, and it's in the top 10, God's top 10, 10 commandments. And so consequently, you won't be able to sense God's presence as, as that sin numbs you to God's presence. Uh, lust, uh, there's just so many outlets for lust now between the internet and Netflix and so forth. And you get caught up in it. You start watching things you shouldn't watch. You're seeing things you shouldn't see. And it becomes, you, then you become numb to God's presence. So sin is, is, is a prison or it enchains us and it, it inhibits us from sensing or feeling God's presence. So sometimes, I just can't feel God. I, I, that feels like he's not around, he doesn't exist. Well, maybe, sometimes, it's because we have sin in our life that we refuse to deal with. <clears throat> kind of a, a, a sidelight to that is sometimes we become... No, we're not on three yet. <laughs> sometimes... <clears throat> We become um, more about performance, I got on the outline, than about his presence. We get in this duty over devotion. We get in these habits, spiritual habits or good habits, right? Reading your Bible, praying, going to church. It's interesting to me. Some people wake up on Sundays and decide that they feel like going to church. I came across one preacher who said, the days you don't feel most like not going is the days you need the most to go. So sometimes it, we do those things out of road and we don't get anything out of them. We don't sense God's presence. Um, other times we do. So that can also be a reason we don't feel God's presence. Third biggie, and then we'll be finished, is this. Why don't we feel God's presence? Sometimes, maybe, God just wants to draw you closer to him. <clears throat> uh, Paul, great missionary, he was preaching in non-Christian places like Athens, uh, uh, very powerful uh, Greek city of, the, of Paul's day. And he's there preaching. And here's something he, that he was teaching them. He said, for one man, he, God, created all the nations to the whole earth. He, God, decided beforehand when they should rise and fall and determine their boundaries. Which is interesting to me as a his, history major in college. So you study all these, the Greeks came, 
uh, rose up and fell, and the Romans rose up and fell, etc., 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 right? So God determines that. But the question is why? 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 Well, he says, Paul tells us why. His, God's purpose, was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps what? Feel their way toward him and find him. So, the visions of the nations of the world, God says the purpose is so they'll seek after me and perhaps feel their way toward me and find me. Now, here's the really good news. Though he is not far from any one of us, the way I always like to think about it, so no, matter, no matter how far you've ran, walked away from God, ran away from God, left God behind, no matter what you've done, for how long you've done it, all you have to do is turn around and God's there. He's never far away. For him, in him we live and move and exist. So, question on your outline. Have you, nev <coughs> excuse me, have you noticed that it's the hard times that cause us to seek him more than the good times? And it kind of makes sense. We call it deprivation. If you don't eat all day, you have a stronger desire to eat food, right? If you don't drink all day, deprive yourself of uh, liquid, then you have a feeling of depri depri deprivation and a, a hunger, or in this case, a thirst for something to drink. If you haven't slept in a long time, <laughs> deprive yourself of sleep, then you desperately want to sleep. And so when we haven't sensed God's presence for a a, a period of time, it increases our desire to sense his presence. Those of you who have family members, uh, loved ones, spouses, kids, if they go away or you go away for a while, you can't wait to get home. One of the biggest reasons is why, because you want to be again in the presence of those people you love. Now, many years ago, I was dating my wife and she was pursuing me. Well, not exactly. I was pursuing her. <laughs> I caught her. That was the good part. So, ladies, isn't it true that you desire to be pursued? Let me see heads. Yes, right? And God desires for us to pursue him. Absence make the heart, makes the heart grow fonder. So sometimes periods of uh, being distant from God create a greater desire in our lives to pursue God and, and uh, to draw closer to Him. A verse we looked at a couple weeks ago, we're going to read it again, but for the purpose of reading what comes next. Now, this is Jeremiah chapter 29. <clears throat> Jeremiah's uh, difficult ministry. He's talking to the Israelites when they're just about to be carried off into captivity by the Babylonians. And there's this, this wonderful palm positive promise. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you future and a hope. Now again, this was going to be, you know, 70 years later because they're going to be carried off into captivity. But eventually, God's good plan is going to come, come to fruition in the, in, in the Israelites. So in those days, when you pray, what's God say? I will listen. 
if you look for me, I'm not hiding. If you're really serious about looking for me, wholeheartedly, you'll find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Our God is a relational God. He wants to be in connection with us, relationship with us. He wants our devotion. He wants our commitment to him. So, just because God feels distant at times, right? It doesn't mean that God is absent. He's not there. Let me ask you a simple question. Are feelings facts? Are feelings facts? No, feelings aren't facts. We do counseling, especially with couples. We'll tell them over and over again, feelings are real. Ever have somebody, somebody tell you, you shouldn't feel that way? Does that help? Does that work? No, no, because feelings are real, right? But they're not always justified. We have crazy feelings sometimes. So they're not facts. So just because we may not feel God's presence isn't a fact that he is not present or he is absent. Uh, maybe your kids are driving you crazy. Do you put them up for adoption? No. If your spouse gets on your nerves, do you walk away? Do you leave them? No. Just because you don't feel loving, you still act loving. Just because we don't feel God's presence, we know he loves us, and our response should be to love him back. <clears throat> so, sometimes we just got to do this. I put it on your outline. Get out of your feelings or get over your feelings and activate your faith. Faith. No matter what's going on, no matter what I'm feeling, God, I know you're almighty God, worthy of our worship. Most of the time I, when I sense God's presence or feel his presence, it's in, it's in ordinary things. I read my Bible all the time, of course, and not all the time, but occasionally something just kind of jumps off the page. It could be a word, it could be a phrase, it could be a verse, and uh, it, I'm just overwhelmed by it. I sense God's presence. Not very often, but sometimes. Most of you know I like to be on the Appalachian Trail and I uh, can't run much anymore, so I hike. And just being in nature sometimes, I'm just overwhelmed, especially with the leaves changing, the sense of God's presence. It's a rare thing for me. But that's okay. Because I need to activate my faith, no matter whether I feel God's presence or not. Of course, we're approaching the Christmas season, so I thought we'd finish up by reading it account of um, the first Christmas. Um, Joseph's been engaged to Mary and uh, finds out that she's cheated on him, right? Well, he thinks she's cheated on him. She's pregnant. And he, he knows he's not the father. So he's trying to work, work through this <laughs> in his mind. And God helps him. And as recorded in Matthew, it says this, As he considered this, what am I going to do thing, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, I'm talking to you, Joseph. <laughs> Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Well, we'll talk about that in coming weeks. How earth-shattering that would have been. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Nobody's going to believe that unless an angel tells them, right? He certainly didn't believe Mary when she told. 
So the text goes on, and she, Mary in this case, will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Not a family name. Why, why Jesus? Where he'll save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, in this case Isaiah, who said what? Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him, what's the next word? Emmanuel. That's kind of a strange word, strange name, right? Well, what does it mean? It means God is with us. Doesn't necessarily mean I feel that he's with me. I just know that he's with me. And that's what Jesus is all about, right? He told his disciples when he was leaving, he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. So you're never going to be without me or without us. So recapping, why don't we feel God's presence sometimes? Sometimes we're just looking for supernatural and God's not going to give it to us. Sometimes our hearts have been hardened, either by the fact that we've got sin in our lives and we won't deal with, or the fact that we've just kind of fallen into this habit of religion. Or maybe God just wants you closer to Him. So what are you going to do when you don't feel God's presence? Something I already said. Next step, decide. It's decision, right? We all have to decide what to do with our feelings or lack thereof. Decide to get out or over your feelings. Activate your faith. Let me pray with you. Uh, Father God, we thank you for feelings. Life would be boring without them. Some of our feelings are good, some are not so good. But your presence doesn't depend upon our feelings. We have all kinds of promises. We just read one. She'll, you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. You won't leave us comfortless. But it's okay. We don't feel your presence all the time because we know that you love us. And we believe it. That's the work. Jesus said the work is to believe. And so we believe. As we talked about recently, we can pray, God, help my unbelief. Of course, that's where we are at the point of salvation. We want to believe in Jesus. We want to accept his, his gift of salvation and forgiveness for our sins and, and, and welcome the incoming of the Holy Spirit. So we have to decide that. Say, yes, Jesus, I want you. So we pray for anyone that's, that's, that's on that fence this morning or whenever you're watching this. We pray the day is the day that by faith, you'll trust, you'll, you, you decide to believe and, and let Jesus enter your life. Most of us that are watching or listening are Jesus followers. And maybe we're struggling sometimes, but I just wish I felt God's presence. I just numb sometimes. So God, I just pray that maybe some of these babies will help us get past that deal with the sin. We realize we're looking for something supernatural that's not necessary. Or maybe we just need to draw closer to you. God, I pray that we would take that step. Get past the feelings to our faith. For your glory, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.